0: Hello and welcome to IndieWire's Very Good Television Podcast. I'm Liz Shannon-Miller at Lizlet on the Twitters.
1: And I'm Ben Travers, Ben T. Travers on the Twitters.
0: And happy Monday as you listen to this, happy Friday as we record this. And guys, I bet you got to watch some really cool TV last night. I hope you did. I hope you guys sat down and you enjoyed the return of our good friend Barry.
1: Yeah, and Veep.
0: And Veep, definitely and Veep too, but we're gonna talk about Barry.
1: Yeah, but it's just important to make sure that everybody knows all of the important HBO shows that we've been waiting for this spring have started.
0: That's it, these are the only
1: ones. These are the ones that matter. (laughs) Anything that comes after it in the next couple of weeks that are premieres, don't matter that much but these two are a big deal and we should talk about them
0: I can't wait I can't wait for our, for a big mega uh, Game of Thrones episode
1: I don't, I don't know what is that
0: <laughs> So Game of Thrones is a show it's on HBO sometimes I've
1: never heard of it I know it sounds pretentious
0: What we, we should do is we should do an episode where I just go through my char- my character ranking and you tell me yes or no to whether or not you agree or disagree you're going to be wrong, but I'll let you have an opinion.
1: If you did a character ranking, the only thing I could comment on was whether or not I could identify who that person was.
0: <laughs> Actually, that would be funny in I itself. I think I
1: could get 10% of them.
0: I have to figure out how many and what my cutoff's going to be for that list.
1: Whoever's nominated for Emmys, I might be able to get. Like, whoever's in that conversation, everyone else, there's no fucking way.
0: <laughs> yeah, good times.
1: I can tell you the whole Veep cast, though. And Barry. Probably. Probably most of Barry.
0: The acting students probably are a little tricky.
1: Yeah. Luckily, we know a few of them from other projects, like Darcy Garden and Daryl Brick Gibson. Yeah. Like, those, they're good people.
0: Yeah. The uh, the woman who was also on Downward Dog, too. Who's the name of, like, Kirby?
1: I don't remember Downward Dog as well as some other people in this office.
0: Yeah. Those those people are a little intense.
1: But Barry is back, and we can talk about it
0: kirby howell uh, baptiste
1: i don't think i know that name
0: she's the british lady
1: british lady British lady
0: she was also she was on the good place she was the girl who oh
1: yeah okay i wait she was in downward dog yeah okay wow I think I so yeah completely she, blocked she her was laid like uh,
0: Alison Tolman's best friend
1: I literally would have told you that the first time I've ever laid eyes on her was when she appeared in the good place uh, across from Cheaty, but that would be wrong so well she was
0: also in the Great. first season of Killing Eve
1: <sighs> was that <it> before <laughs> her good place thing uh,
0: where does that come in I guess it was I guess maybe before a good place
1: yeah, she really stood out in a good place for me. I don't know why. She's really good. I mean, she's yeah, she's always good. I just...
0: I, so, Barry.
1: Forgettable, I guess. But I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, Barry's good. It's a good show. I like it a lot. Um, I feel like a lot of the conversation so far has circulated around kind of what it's doing in season two in terms of tone, uh, in terms of genre. Um, our good friend and TCA president Dan Feinberg wrote in his review that... Uh, Barry is just pretty much a drama now, it's not a comedy anymore, uh, it's, it's just kind of another one of the half-hour dramas that exist out in the world, and uh, season two is, is indisputably darker, I mean, it, it is engaging in a, a topic that is, um, <laughs> woe to many viewers, I expect, uh, on their list of, man, I really hope to go home Sunday night and talk about this. But uh, nevertheless, Barry persists, and it's a good thing that it does. Um, I I think it's working really, really well, no matter what. But um, I think after the first episode, and slight spoiler warning for episode one of season two, in case you haven't caught it, um, we're going to talk a little bit about that. But I think what a lot of people were hoping to find out after last season's at least pseudo-cliffhanger was whether or not Detective Janice Moss... Yep, Detective Janice Boss uh, was alive or dead. Um, there now, was some teasing in the off-season about which way this was going, and now, we weren't really told.
0: Well, like just before you and I started recording this, like I was, I was like, "But no, she's clearly dead." And you're like, "No, you can't say that."
1: Yeah, you can't. You can't say it. I mean, based on everything that happened in the in the episode, in the first episode whenever she comes up, whenever they kind of talk about that character, um, it's in the, it's like negating evidence. It's like saying that she, we think this is happening, but we'll never really know. And I don't think that this is a show in which we will never really know. I think we will know at some point a hundred percent because the one person who does know is the one person we're tracking throughout the course of the series, which is Barry. Um, but everything that they discuss about it is stopped short of saying what actually happened. Even when we're alone with Barry, even when we're watching Barry's reactions to when people talk about it and how people talk about it and trying to decipher his own reaction to what's going on, um, it is not definitive one way or another. And I think this is something they're going to probably engage with over the course of the season. But it's interesting to me whether or not you think of her as already dead whether you think she has to be dead whether you think she might be alive or what you think it might do to the show uh when it chooses one way or another because as we mentioned off the top this is something that's leaning further and further into the darkness and digging further and further into barry's backstory especially in regards to his time in afghanistan um, and what it means that he killed someone and has killed people in the past um, and whether or not that's something he can actually leave behind. Um, and the idea of him trying to move on and then killing this one person seems to be a pretty fateful telling remark as to where he's at and whether or not he could be pulled back from the brink. Um, so I don't know, Liz, why do you think that she's dead?
0: Um uh- Honestly, I think what it comes down to, and you're right, like, you know, it is in theory, she is Schrodinger's Schrodinger's, uh, police detective lady. Um, But yeah, I think, I mean, you know, it's an interesting question because I think, you know, we're talking about the darkness of the show. If it turns out that she's alive, the show becomes significantly less dark to me. And I think just because, like, that ending of season one was so, like, profoundly dark. I keep trying to figure out other words to say besides dark. Um but yeah, that's a ble- it's a bleak ending. But if he if it if she if it does turn out she's still alive, then it's less bleak. But at the same time, like this is a show where like earlier in the season we have that whole sequence where he kills uh he kills his old army buddy. Army buddy or and that once the show went there, I you know, it's like impossible for me to possible for me to kind of pull back from that.
1: Well, but that's that's the ultimate question. It's not whether or not the audience can come back from that. It's whether or not Barry can, because mm-hmm. once he's made that decision, which is somebody he was admittedly a lot closer to than this police officer. Right. Um, what's stopping him from continuing to do this, unless at some point he did draw the line? And many of us thought while we were watching that might have been the moment when. Barry, you know, decides to leave his past behind and, and you know, just live with the consequences of his action and hope that his, you know, friend doesn't spill the beans, doesn't say what he's going to say, doesn't, you know, expose who he's going to expose. And Barry chose to protect himself. And then, again, after dealing the, with the consequences of that and being forced to deal with the consequences of that through his new passion, which is acting, he was presented with a very similar conundrum in which he didn't want to kill Janice. No. And but if but it appeared he was in the same situation that if he didn't do it he was going to risk everything that he built up to at that point which is a which is a fascinating conundrum to be presented with twice in such close proximity to each other even though there was a slight flash forward between uh, the events near the end of the season um but for him to have to make that choice and us not knowing what he ultimately chose this far into season 2 as he further and further into his backstory as he is becoming more and more resistant to killing people as he's, you know, taking a job at Lululemon selling <laughs> yoga clothes with his co-worker, or his, uh, his uh, performer? Co-classman? Co- co- collaborator. collaborator? I don't know. Yeah. Classmate. His, classmate. His, yeah, classmate. That's the most common word. Um, <laughs> we
0: got there eventually.
1: He's actively, you know, moving away from this thing, and I think it does kind of—I don't think it actually changes much about the end of season one, at least to me, because if he killed her or didn't, he still has put his teacher, his friend, through something. His family, like the people around him, through something where they believe she's gone. They She's been removed from their lives. She's been removed from the Force. He is. Uh, he's exposing himself to her partner now, who, you know, is kind of— sort of looking into the case. Um, whereas if, you know, if he killed her, he's going to be very much in that same scenario. Yes, it would be uh, an indicator that maybe there's some bit of soul left inside of Barry or or if you'd rather, you know, some bit of hope that he can re- rehabilitate himself uh, and live a normal life. But it's certainly not a given that because he made that decision, he's able to do that now because mm-hmm. of what he's already going through. So, um, I do think it's a it's a mystery that they didn't want to give away right off the bat, and it was also just interesting to me that in the off season, you know, when they're going through the Emmy campaigns and the Golden Globe campaigns, and they're kind of forced to talk about, you know, what's going to come in season two, what are you going to do? They did very consciously tell us that it was going to be darker. And then Hater very specifically also said, like, the first question they walked into with the writer's room was, well, is she alive or dead? Let's figure it out. So it was an open question for them as much as it was uh, an open question for the audience. And I don't know. I think how it plays out is going gonna, is gonna to be fun.
0: Yeah. You know it's interesting? It's really – I was just – I'm just thinking about, like, like imagining, like, t- t- this show coming out 10 years ago and we're, you know, just kind of, like, at the beginning of peak uh, anti-hero uh, tel- television. Like, it's not even a part of the conversation right now about whether or not we're supposed to like Barry. Like, you know, that's not in the framework of what we're discussing. Um, we just, you know, we just accept that Barry is an unlikable character. Is ba- Barry is, is this complicated character who does terrible things on a semi-regular basis. Um, and I think it's, be- you know, I think it speaks to where we are just kind of with television at this point that, you know, it it, it isn't questioned.
1: Well, it's also about the point of entry. I mean, a lot of the classic anti heroes, like, say, you know, Tony Soprano, he was introduced where at a time when his behavior was ongoing and he was seeking help through a therapist, but he wasn't about to, you know, stop being the mob kingpin of New Jersey. Walter White is somebody who is going further and further down the rabbit hole, breaking bad. Mm -hmm. Um, Don Draper also, you know, is kind of seeking some sort of inner peace while doing a lot of selfish things over and over and over again. Uh, Whereas we're introduced to Barry at a time when he's trying to stop doing the thing that makes him bad. Like, so he's, he's trying to break good. He's trying to be a better person. They
0: should call the show Breaking Good. Uh,
1: They really shouldn't. But (laughs) what a um, great title that would be. It would be terrible. Um but it's it makes it a lot easier, at least I think, to go along this path because you're watching someone who's trying to do the right thing, as opposed to dealing with people who are kind of okay with doing the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. Um even even when Barry does the wrong thing as we're watching him He's not okay with it. Like he's he's not happy about it, and he he keeps telling himself again and again, you know, like that. I don't get any joy from killing people, and that seems like a very important connection with the audience, which again comes kind of back to whether or not Janice is alive, uh, because if we stop believing that statement, if we stop believing that he's uh, <laughs> that he's not happy with with killing people, that's when we start to run the risk of this turning into. Uh, a very dark drama or a very bleak anti-hero story. Um, And I'm not saying that the show isn't capable of going there. It very much is. And that would be an interesting journey to go along. But I do think that would be the point when we start talking about whether or not Barry is an anti-hero, Barry is unlikable, Barry is, you know, going somewhere we're not comfortable with uh, as opposed to trying to take us into a better place. But um, it it is... you know a conversation worth having in the regard that we end up watching so many characters who do bad things that at what point at what point are we just okay with forgiving them like at what point are like is it just because we're being introduced to the story at this point it's like all right sure we'll go along with this guy Uh when really you know in real life you'd be like I'm staying the fuck away from him like yeah. that's that's he's not a good dude not somebody I want in my life so
0: that is such an interesting question I'm trying to because I I am really prone to forgiving certain characters, certain things. Like off the top of my head, I think the only thing I've ever found pretty unforgivable was when Duck when Duck Phillips on Mad Men kicked uh, abandoned his dog. <laughs> like that—that that might be the only thing I can think of. Well, you could. Or, uh, it's you... like a. a, a what?
1: You could not have picked like a more traditional Hollywood like stereotype of the executive, where like they're like the one thing we can't do in this show or movie is kill a dog. Right, like, that's the only thing we can't do. It's we. I think we've talked about this before that Robert De Niro movie What Just Happened which is like the parody of the Hollywood have we producer.
0: I, I, I've seen it. We haven't, I, I don't feel know.
1: like it's come up because again like the thing that they do in the movie that they want eliminated right. well, one of the things but one of the prominent things is that Sean Penn kills a dog and it's like you can't have Sean Penn kill a dog in our movie. We need the movie to make money. Right. And that's like a sticking point because it's not even a, I think the dog was like rabbit or bad or something. Like there was a good reason for the dog to die and they were just like no it doesn't matter. We can't kill it.
0: We've definitely talked about the fact that the literal first scene of House of Cards is Frank Underwood killing a dog.
1: Yeah, that too.
0: Um, good Look times. how well that turned out. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no problems there. God, House of Cards, that show existed.
1: But yeah, I mean, it's it's the, the question of, of kind of what we're willing to go along with and under what context is interesting too because, I mean, I think the argument you could make that's on a broader sense goes back to the genre I mean comedy is designed to kind of be a little more accessible and look at Noho Hank like Noho Hank is somebody who's not really trying to change he's like I mean a little bit but he's he's very much content with you know being this mob kingpin who has a partner that is his best friend in some capacity or another and he just goes about killing people and he doesn't care and he, he has that scene in the trailer with Barry where like Barry's asked him like do you think I'm a bad person or evil or something and he goes oh yeah I think you're the most evil. Do I not tell you that? Like, it's proud. He's he's excited yeah. about it, and we love NoHo Hank. Yeah, because he's funny.
0: I actually, yeah, I, I,
1: but he's a bad dude.
0: He's not a great person. It was actually funny because uh, with season one, I I think I watched like one or two episodes, but I I didn't really. I basically didn't full on watch the season until like a couple months after it finished airing. But I'd been hearing people talk about NoHo Hank, and I had. I don't think I had any real expectation in my mind of what, of of who he was. And then when I found, finally was exposed to the joys that are, that is ho Hank, the joy that is ho Hank, that's the proper grammar of that sentence. Uh, but the joy of ho Hank uh, was unexpected. I could not have predicted who he was and what he would add to the show. But that brings me to a question I wanted to ask you. Which Played by is Anthony Kerrigan. What?
1: Played by Anthony Kerrigan.
0: Is he actually Russian or?
1: No. He's great though.
0: He's great. Um, you know, you mentioned you mentioned uh, Dan Feinberg's review and how Dan argued that basically Barry's no longer a comedy. Do you think it's a comedy?
1: I do think it's a comedy. Um, I think it's it's impossible to kind of have a um, a definitive definition of a comedy these days because it's not. I kind of used to fall back on something where it's like if it, if the jokes are kind of what's driving. The material, like, not necessarily driving the narrative, but driving the momentum, I guess, of the show. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, uh, plenty of shows. Like even even Veep, you know, a lot of the narrative isn't just for the joke. Like, they don't move to make something funny. They're obviously trying to set up pretty hysterical, unexpected situations in the political realm for, for skewering purposes. But a lot of the jokes, like the insults and everything else, are just there to be jokes. Um, And that's kind of why it's a comedy to me. But I think Barry, where it's headed, very well could, again, like we talked about, turn into something that's not a comedy first. But because it's so very aware of setting up the jokes that it tells, of creating humorous situations, of giving us Noho Hank as this um, caricature. And even in that first episode, like he is this goofy, loving nutball Mm -hmm. for like the first half and we have to be reminded of who he really is in this very serious very beautiful shot from hero marai when he surprises barry outside of the acting studio and he's like listen this is serious you've got to do this or i'm going to kill you like that's who i am and you have to remember that because it still has to remind us of that stuff um i think it's still a comedy but again like it there's no way to, there's no way to say, you know, well, it's a half-hour HBO show and it's uh, eligible at the Emmys for a comedy, so that's why it's a com. It's like that's as close as we'll get. So,
0: yeah. I mean, I. What about you, Liz? I mean, I I think it's a comedy as well. I, at the very least, like, I think I think it has enough characters who bring with them a, a degree of funny. Um, like Gene saying, "For once, let's make it about ourselves." Like that's such a great line reading. It's such a funny moment, and it's so perfectly delivered, and it fits so perfectly within the world of the show. But it's it's weird. Like I don't know. Like i've been uh, I've been working uh, covering uh, on my block uh, today. Like that's been my focus, and that which is this Netflix uh, kind of young adult show about uh, inner city uh, about inner city community and the kids who live there and all that. And I mean, it's pretty broad in a lot of its scenes. But then also like there's like uh there there are shootings and like people die and it's you know it 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 has such a weird fluctuating tone in a lot of respects and it's not it's actually it's one of the show's weakest points. But the contrast with Barry though is like Barry can verge from the very serious and the very dramatic and the very action-heavy to, like, these real comedy moments. But it has – it's all so well calibrated that it does – it never feels like a different show when it chooses to be comedy versus drama.
1: Yeah, it understands exactly the story it's telling all the way through. It's told with a with a high degree of confidence, um, which is very helpful. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, specific to what you're saying about all of that through Gene's perspective, that moment when he's sitting on the couch with the cops – Around him, Um, I I can't remember the line, but he had like two lines that right off the bat, the scene was set up to be very, very sad because he was, you know, processing the fact that he thought they were giving up and that they were moving on from Janice's investigation and that he was going to be alone and he was angry and he was taking it out on people. But even the way he presents himself in that moment, where Gene is in like the worst possible place imaginable, even in that moment, it's funny. Like they're they're going for the joke. They mm-hmm. they're they're what he says and how he says them are so ingrained in that kind of acting teacher thespian mentality that it's kind of funny because like you you don't lose the pain that he's going through. You don't forget that, but at the same time, you're able to uh, enjoy it. And I think that to me is the key. For why Barry remains a a black comedy, but a comedy primarily, because at the end of the day, you desperately want to keep watching because you're really enjoying yourself. Like, it might be dark, and there's moments where you're like, holy shit, I can't believe it went there. And even, again, like we keep referring to where it's headed this season could be a different place that people may not be ready for. Just like the end of last season, arguably, that what you were talking about when he killed his friend and processing that on stage, that is some of the heaviest-hitting drama of the year. Like, that is so hardcore. Um, But even the scenario that it's presented in is humorous, um, and the visual is humorous, and um, the engagement you have with it is... To me, still positive. So, and not positive in the realm like, oh, I admire the quality. Positive in the realm like, I'm having a good experience watching this. So, um, I think that's why I still land that way. But that being said, if Dan, you know, predicts the future <laughs> very well, and this thing flips the switch, I'm all for it. Like, they know what they're doing. I, I would love to see them kind of flip that switch over and then try to find a way to pull us back because I think that's one of the trickier things to do these days in TV too. Like, just try to. You know, go not not play both cards at the same time, which takes its own degree of confidence and understanding of tone. Um, but if you do decide, like, hey, for about half a season, we're going to go dark. And then we're going to bring you back. Like, that's tricky, too. So,
0: Yeah, I mean, I that'd be interesting, for sure. Um, I mean, and, and, and to be fair, Dan Feinberg did accurately predict that Sutton Foster should be cast in uh, The Music Man.
1: He's so. very wise.
0: He's very wise. He's a wise man. I think it's The Beard.
1: I mean <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think, I think it's definitely the bear <laughs> uh, yeah. But no, I, I I just I'm excited. It's an exciting season.
0: I and mean, Barry does pretty well ratings wise, right? Yeah, no, it does great. Okay, great. I I mean, I'm hopefully that People Hopefully people are going to be excited about talking about it then.
1: Like, yeah, there's there's a reason it's debuting at 10 and Veep is 10.30. Like, even though Veep is the reigning comedy champion of the world, it always kind of followed up Silicon Valley in the past because Silicon Valley was a bigger ratings hit and right. Barry is too. So.
0: Yeah. Um, what was I going to say about Barry? Oh, I was just going to say, like, so we've seen – you and I have both seen the first three episodes of the season, and I haven't yelled at my TV like this in a while but the end of episode three it's not it wasn't so much the fact that uh, so much what happens at the end of episode three it was just the fact that episode three ended now just like damn it I wanted to keep going I want more Barry yeah so I think it's gonna I, I'm really excited for this season I'm glad I'm glad I'm caught up I'm glad I'm gonna get to enjoy it
1: and to you know bring this all home and remind people why you hate me and and should it's such a nice reminder as to why we should never binge anything (laughs) because because as much as I feel the same way when Barry ended it was like no 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 I need this time to go back and examine these first few episodes because holy shit they're really really well made episodes Hero Mirai's direction is impeccable and the great Chris O'Fault pointed that out on Twitter thankfully uh, because I didn't have room for it in my review but holy shit it's great
0: now, Hero, how many episodes did Hero direct? I
1: think. Well, I don't know how many total. I don't remember. I, I know I had this at one point. Uh, I think we did a story on it, but he did the first two of these three. Um, I think he might have done three total, but I'm not, don't quote me on that.
0: Okay. So. Well, he's, uh, and he, but he didn't do, uh, was he on season two? Oh, season one, rather?
1: Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, he did like five and six, I think, in the first season. He did kind of those yes, he, action I, I heavy am, ones.
0: I am I'm looking at this now. He did chapter 5, chapter 6 and that in in season 1 and then uh yeah, the first two of season 2. Uh yeah, god. Yeah, he's good. Here Morai, Good director. Hmm. Controversial statements I'm making today.
1: Very much so. Put yep. yourself out there,
0: Liz. Putting myself out there. I'm going to take a chance. You know all else I think is a pretty good writer that Donald Glover. <laughs> I don't know why I'm mentioning that. But No. Why well, have I I'm, out I'm out thinking Atlanta, about Atlanta. So.
1: Here Hero worked in Atlanta, so yeah. There you go. Well, Liz, while you're you know broaching such you know controversial opinions and and really you know laying it all on the line, why don't you tell us what the best thing you watched last week? Was? All
0: right, we're gonna switch it up, huh? Switching it up. Uh, so <laughs> it's been one of those weeks where I'd fi- I finished I would finish watching one thing and then I technically I knew that immediately I needed to start watching another thing and then sometimes most of the time I would do that and. Uh, this week, occasionally, I got a little rebellious. There's definitely a two-hour chunk of Wednesday that I spent re-watching, watching old uh, news radio bootlegs I found on YouTube uh, for reasons that if you have looked at IndieWire.com uh, as you listen to this, you'll understand why. Uh, anyways, point is, lots of stuff I had to watch this week. Uh, I liked Happy a fair amount. Uh, I gave it a positive review, and enjoy watching that sci-fi show uh, if only because Christopher Maloney is a living cartoon and amazing he's just so good he's just such a good actor and I love watching him so Christopher Maloney good times and also uh, I got to I finally finished the OA season 2 and oh boy yeah that that show sure happened yeah Um, i suppose I'm supposed to talk to Jason Isaacs uh, tonight actually great can I so that'll be fun. Uh going to say just basically what? Yeah. <laughs> and that will be pr- probably worth printing. Yeah. Uh but yeah, lots of interesting TV uh going on right now as as you might be aware. Uh Ben, what are what was the best thing you watched?
1: Uh, well, I'm just going to try to start the obligatory weekly shout out to Veep. Um I mean, I think it's Well, that that and better things. I mean, yeah, I should be doing both probably. Those are the two, like, just elite pieces of television airing right now, um, which I am very, very excited for everybody to dig into so we can keep talking about it. Um, So that's something I very recently watched. Uh, I also want to give a quick shout-out to Hannah because I believe we've talked about it before on the podcast, at least somewhat in passing. That very we, much in passing. That we liked it. Um, but I very much liked those first four episodes. I reviewed it way back when it premiered at Berlinale in, like, uh, February, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just actually came out on Amazon now, uh, so I think everybody should check out Hannah. I still got to finish it, so I will probably do that some point in the future. Um, but most of all, I just wanted to say how pleasantly surprised I was with The Twilight Zone from oh, gosh, Jordan Peele. Oh, yeah. um, That CBS All Access reboot is quite good. I... I mean, there's there's always the case with episodic storytelling that, you know, some of them are going to be better than others. And I think that their first one, The Comedian, isn't getting off on the right foot, but it really quickly gets there. And um, everyone is told with kind of the precision, the attention to detail, the care, and enthusiasm for that specific story, as well as The Twilight Zone overall, that can tell is jordan peele's kind of stamp like it it's it's not that he's always involved it just feels like everybody who's telling their stories knows they have to live up to that standard and it feels that way so even if you don't like it there's so much to talk about and dig into and admire on very specific like very specific levels um and you know this is based on the first four and it just feels like it's in really good hands and it could really it has a lot to say um yeah, I, I don't know. I was I was a little worried about it because I was very happy with kind of the existing Twilight Zone that we have, Room 104. Like, I think that's great. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think there's room for both, so I, I'm excited to see more of it and uh, hope people check it out. Cool. Uh, Liz, what are you looking forward to next?
0: God, uh, well, you reminded me that I have a couple more episodes of the twilight zone to watch via screeners which I'm excited about. Yeah, it's i uh, I'm actually excited this weekend. I've got a lot to st- a lot of stuff to check out. There's new episodes of Fosse Verdon uh for us to to watch. There's uh the f- new episodes of the act which I got kind of, I've gotten really into. Um I it's it's just kind of it's kind of it's it it scratches that trashy soap uh itch I have sometimes. Um, and I mentioned Legends of Tomorrow last week, but I still haven't gotten a chance to watch it, and I need to, because it's Legends of Tomorrow. It's my favorite thing, Benjamin. It's my favorite thing. And yeah, uh, yeah, lots of good stuff. Uh, I think I actually have to prioritize the tick, though, uh, for review, interview purposes, not review purposes, but, uh, I'm looking forward to that. I, I like the tick a lot more than you do, um, as I recall, and, I uh, you know, good cast and i'm hoping i'm looking forward to revisiting it
1: hope it's enjoyable
0: yes ben what's the next thing you're looking forward to uh
1: i'm looking forward to the netflix original series our planet um it debuts friday uh april 5th Mm -hmm. i think as you're listening to this upcoming friday um and it's it's Narrated and produced by Richard Attenborough, uh, whose voice you may recognize from another similar uh, animal-slash-planet documentary. I can't think of the name of it right now, yeah. but it has, like, planets and Earth and stuff like planet that. Earth. That sounds about right. Um, but it's, I mean, it's another kind of grand-scale, um, high-quality filmmaking, in-depth documentarianism, like, just... Going all out to give us the most beautiful, in-depth stories of what's going on outside of human life, like what what's going on with animals, plants, another... oceans, whatever the fuck. I don't know that much. I know, literally, kind of the vague details I just shared, um, but I know it's going to be big and beautiful. This is, is going to be I another like situation
0: stuff. where I call you because I need help with something, and you're going to be like emotionally devastated over a penguin.
1: I mean, I mean, maybe. I don't. I don't know. I.
0: I just remember that from the last time you watched the nature documentary that I had called. I called you for some reason, and you were emotionally traumatized because of, pe- of a penguin.
1: Yeah, there's. I mean, there's a few of them that delve into some of the sadder moments. Like even that that um, video, that short video that went viral from I think Planet Earth Two when the lizard was escaping the snakes. Oh yeah, like gave me undue amounts of stress. Um, I really don't like watching that video, except for the end of it when he actually escapes, because there's still the, that moment where you're like, he's done for, and I don't like thinking about that. Um, which all goes back to our earlier conversation about why we can't, like, you can't kill dogs on screen because people no. just can't handle it. Um, but, um, but yeah, maybe I don't know. I don't know how dark or how far they're gonna go in that direction with this one because I haven't dug into it yet. Um, But you never know. I mean, some of the stuff that happens out there is sad.
0: Yeah. Nature is terrible. Uh, Are you uh, going to review it? Yes. Well, in that case, you'll be able to read all about it and more on IndieWire.com, where you'll find news, reviews, interviews, features, all the stuff you like.
1: And make sure to listen to IndieWire's other podcasts, including Screen Talk, uh, the one that started it all with Eric Cohn and Ann Thompson. I believe Eric will be back from vacation soon, so there'll be new episodes of that up shortly. Uh, And of course, don't miss uh, the brilliant the perfect uh the hero mirai enthusiast uh chris O'Falt's filmmaker toolkit podcast
0: yeah chris uh, told us a couple of the people he's going to be having on during emmy season and it's a cool ass list you guys it's going to be really neat Oh, and uh, yeah, I say I saw our good old, our good friend Mike Schneider in the kitchen. We might as well shout out that he's uh, his his podcast uh, for Variety is going to be launching soon. So, yeah. so if you want to hear what famous people have to say about their favorite episodes of television, you can look forward to that.
1: Turn on. You can turn it on if you want to.
0: You can turn it on. I feel like I think he's actually. Re- I think they're rebranding it. I know. <laughs> I think their rebranding is my favorite episode. If you Whatever. want, I think that's what its name is going to be. But you should look up you should look that up. Even though it's not IndieWire, just this once. We're only doing that plug just this once.
1: It needs it needs a punnier title to be Mike's show.
0: I think it really does. Like it's not really Mike's show without the pun. But we'll figure it out. Yeah. We'll figure it out for him and let him know. And then
1: we'll give it a subtitle, or maybe the episode title will be punny.
0: There you go. That's the spirit. Remember when we were going to launch this podcast and every episode title was going to be uh, some sort of pun?
1: I don't remember this, but I, I'm sure I support. it. Well, the it.
0: first episode we ever did was called True Set-tective. And I think that we were actually considering that as a tentative name for no, the actual podcast.
1: Not really, though. Because it was terrible.
0: It was not a good title. We have done... I, I feel good about the name of our podcast. I think it's yeah. it's, it's held up well. Yeah. Over 207 episodes. Which is a it's lot. It's a few. It's a few. It's a few. Anyways, thank you for listening to 200, episode 207 of this podcast. Uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, we will be back next week. And in the meantime, you guys, keep watching television.